Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. Today you will hear Dr. Jeremy McCory's teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the blueprint of a good foundation. May this sermon encourage you to make God and His Word the foundation of your life. And really wanted an illustration early on of, of what we build our life on and how that affects everything that comes after. And how we build our lives, whether you're looking at a, a, a play on the, the Three Little Pigs or you're looking at a story of teenagers or you're looking at everyday life. We all make decisions and choices that have follow-up repercussions. They have things that happen because of those things and it's very important and we're reminded in the passages this morning that that our foundation needs to be secure and when you're when you're thinking of a structure or a building the foundation is pretty important isn't it if you're thinking about a building and and a building plan it's very important that the foundation is is as it should be for everything that has to be built on it there has to be some integrity right there has to be there has to be some strength behind it. It has to be done in a certain way. If a foundation is not as it ought to be, it's going to cause trouble for everything that comes after. The same thing looks in Scripture as we see that there is growth that is expected of us. So let's look at verse 1. It says in chapter 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual man, but as to man of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, if you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere man? So you, you begin to see how this, how this fits in here. It says, For when one says, I am Paul, and another said, I am Apollos, are you not mere man? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as Lord gave the opportunity to each one. I planted Apollos, watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God causes the growth. Now I want you to imagine this morning a 40-year-old infant. They still drink from a bottle, they still wear diapers, and need to be carried around. They haven't chosen to walk, and still need to be bathed by someone. Now I'll follow that up by saying that this person is fully capable of all these things, but has chosen not to do these tasks, and therefore that's resulting in their lack of growth. Spiritually, I believe this can be the case if we are not in constant pursuit of growth opportunities see God puts stuff in our path when we become a Christian where we can grow where we can continue to be transformed in his image where we can continue to learn more and grow more that we might know how to live more effectively that we might have more of a firm foundation in our faith that we might be able to express our salvation in actions and in words that we might be able to tell those that are around us that it's not because of something that someone did in my life. It's because of the transforming value 
of salvation in Jesus Christ. It's because of the fact that Jesus loved us enough to die for us. We heard of that a minute ago, and the children graciously understood what that was about at their level. But if you just keep it at a base level, if you just keep it at a kid's level, if you never grow beyond that point, then you're not being transformed, but you're not meeting the needs of others. You're not having a deep concern for others and their salvation. You're not allowing for God to do His best in you. And so we understand that we all start out as a spiritual infant, but we're not meant to stay there. We're not meant to just stay in that space in our lives. We are meant to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And I don't think we ever reach a level or a stage in our life where we don't need to pursue after that growth. Meaning this, at every age, at every level in life, there's still more to learn. Now, whether we're a spiritual infant or we consider ourselves spiritually mature, there's still more that God wants to do in our lives. There's still more that He wants to transform in our lives. There's still more to learn as long as we're still breathing and still moving and still doing the things that, that we're able to do. God is still transforming us in the likeness of His Son and wants more from our lives than just to know what we ought to do. He wants us to live that out. So this foundation in Christ is very important for everything that comes out in our lives. Because without a good foundation, everything crumbles. Without a good foundation, we can't build something strong. Without a foundation in Christ, your life is just going to stick where it is. And it's going to be something that doesn't transform those around you, but certainly doesn't grow yourself. So building on that, he wanted us to understand that it wasn't him, it wasn't Apollos, it wasn't anything like that that was causing the growth. They were merely a vehicle, but it was God who caused the growth. In other words, it isn't our efforts, it's the reason that we do things that we live. In other words, we grow because we are in pursuit of Christ in all that we do. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and transform those lives around us so that everything points back to that relationship, that growth. And you and I were meant to work together for God. And so we see how all of this works together. God brings all things together. Verse 8 talks about this. Said, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Now verse, verse 10 says, According to the grace God which is given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. We've got to be careful, for no man can lay a foundation other than that which one is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, I will tell you this. If your foundation is anything or laid in anything but Christ, it's going to fail. If your foundation is laid in anything this world has to offer, it's going to fail. Because those are temporary. But God is everlasting. And the foundation that you set before you, that you build everything else on, must be in Jesus Christ. And the labor that you do and the work that you do in God's field and God's, and God's area is meant to do what? Is meant to give grace and glory to God. 
in all that you do. It says, so much is built upon it. But also, how many of you have ever went by someone's house and said what? I like the way that they did that. I like the big columns out front. Or I like the yard, and I like the landscaping, and I like all this other stuff. But what does it matter if all of that looks good, yet the foundation is crumbling? What does it matter if the facade is out front and everything looks good? What about you and I? What does it matter if we look good to everybody and act like we got it all together, yet on the inside our foundation isn't strong? That we aren't growing in Christ. That we aren't pursuing Him with every bit and every fiber of our lives. That we aren't allowing for God to keep us together working for His purpose in this world. See, we as Christians are meant to live in unity. Do you believe that this morning? That we are meant to live in unity. That means that we march the same direction for the glory of God. That we use the gifts and abilities that we have. And all of those things as we work together are needed for the next endeavor coming. So you and I work together for that foundation in Jesus Christ to take hold in the lives of us, yes, but also those that are to come. So also this morning, we look and we understand this. A person's work is evident. How many of you understand that the things that we engage our life in and build our life on, they are not hidden, right? The things which you and I do, we can't hide. And there's no game of hide-and-seek that we can play with God. God sees everything because God sees what? Where we see the outside of somebody, God sees the heart, right? So how many of us can hide? Not one of us. We can't hide from Him. So everything is evident. A person's work is evident. Verse 12 lays it out like this. It says, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it is because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Verse 14 says, If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet as... To, as through fire. So it will each be in that. So we think about God, we think about living for Him. If we are not living for God as we should be, then it will be evident to our effectiveness in reaching the world around us and to those who are seeking the God we serve. See, you and I, if we are investing in the growth that we ought to be investing in. If we've got this firm foundation, if we are living in the right manner, doing business in the right manner, and we have all of these things working in the right manner, then we are building others up. Whether we are introducing them to Christ, or whether we're coming along and watering what somebody else has done, whether we are just continuing to help them grow as we grow, whatever it is. But, but I think there's very much a warning against all of this in saying that you and I are not meant to be stumbling blocks to others. So yes, how you and I live matters to those around us. And I think culturally, a lot of times we buy into the lie that what we do 
is of no consequence to those around us because it's my decision. Just like you throw a rock onto a water, it doesn't just go bloop and stay there. If you're really good at it, it skips and it leaves marks, doesn't it? And it ripples out like this. Our lives are kind of like that. It doesn't just affect us. It has far-reaching effects. When we think about spiritual means, that means that there's always somebody looking at us saying, I want to know how to grow. I want to know how to know Christ. And in our own home, maybe it's our kids, maybe it's our wife, maybe it's our spouse, maybe it's somebody in our life we've been praying for. Maybe it's a friend, a coworker, a classmate, a teammate. Maybe it's someone that we've just been praying for. We don't know why. All of those things, we must have that foundation and we must understand the world around us is seeking for us to step up, to be more than just spiritual infants and to seek the God that we serve. Verse 16 goes into it like this. It says that, it talks about the temple of God and the dwelling place. Verse 16 says this. It says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? What does that mean? You and I are a temple of God. That means this. Old Testament, let's take it that way. Old Testament was a building they went to to worship, and when they were there, there was a, a sense of holiness, and there was a sense of coming and offering sacrifices and being right by God, and you had to go to a physical place, and when people felt they were disconnected from the temple, they felt like they were disconnected from God. But we understand New Testament goes like this, that Christ dwells in us. Do we not know that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit? That He dwells in us? That no longer do we have to run to a building? We are connected through Christ. The Holy Spirit in us. So when it says that you are a temple, that means that you and I have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. So understanding that, understanding that right there, we understand this. It says this in verse 17. It says, If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in his, this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. For it is written, He is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows their reasoning of the wise, that they are useless. So then let no one boast in man, for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All things belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. So we've got to understand that you and I are that temple that you and I are the dwelling place of the spirit as we are Christians and if you know Christ Christ is in you you have been bought with a great and mighty price and that price was the blood of Jesus Christ the sacrifice of Christ afforded you and I to have the opportunity to go directly to God through Jesus Christ and ask for that forgiveness that this world cannot offer. So a firm foundation is built in that. So the, 
we must think about the temple of, of God and we must think about the dwelling place of the Spirit. It is very much that firm foundation that brings strength and integrity to the entirety of the structure. We must secure that firm foundation and be committed to that spiritual growth. And I, in thinking of this, I said, you know, how can we tie this all in? How, how can we bring this all in together? And we must understand the importance of all of this, that we can kind of gauge this in. And what I believe that our generation, and, and I think about it today, there are too many spiritual infants with what I call hell insurance that are not fulfilling the potential and the calling of God in them. There are too many of us that say, I know Jesus and I know where I'm going. When God wants to grow you in the present for somebody else to know Christ in the future. And for God to do that within your life, you've got to say, it's more about my growth in Christ after I know Christ and what God's going to do with me than anything else. It's just a starting point in our faith when we begin to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is a beginning for us to grow in Him. So the temple of God was a, a building. So if we think about our temple having far-reaching application in our life, how clean is your temple? This morning you think about that. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean how clean is your temple? The things which you put in are ultimately going to come out into your life, right? If you are, are one who takes in everything that the world has to offer, it's going to come out, spill out, right? But if you're allowing for Scripture to permeate your heart and mind, if you're pursuing God at all costs, if everything in your life is built on that foundation in your life, then that's going to come out when you need it the most. Then that's going to be the message you give. Then that's what the kids and others who notice around you, that's what your friends and family is going to notice around you. That's what's going to be evident in your home. That's what's going to be evident in everything that you do, that your foundation is built on Him, and that is where everything goes. So the cleanliness of your temple is very important. In the dwelling place of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in us. So what does that mean for us? That we find our source of strength, that we find our source of mercy, of love, joy, patience, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and more. We find all of that in our relationship with God in us through the Holy Spirit. Everything that we need is in Him. Amen? There's nothing I need from this world, right? It's useful. Some things are nice, but they don't last. So all the things that, that we understand we have or we don't have, the Holy Spirit within us provides. So that's why it's so important, no matter what age we are, that we daily connect with Him. That we daily make a time. You and I make a time for so many different things in our lives which are just trivial, right? We've got to make more time for the most important thing in our lives. And the most important thing in your life and my life must be that foundation in Jesus Christ. And it must be the power of the Holy Spirit in us that says there's more to learn and there's more to grow in. Y'all, I'm still learning things today.
I want to learn things tomorrow. I don't have everything I need to have figured out. That means I daily rely on God. So daily I need to connect to Him. To build unity among others. Why is unity important? Y'all, we're about to go into a time of revival. More so than ever, we want to turn our hearts to God. Unity is important when we think about that. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how then can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not equally torn apart are not quickly torn apart. How many of you have ever watched one of those shows? That's like this high adventure show. One of my favorite shows is Running Wild with Bear Grylls. And I don't know if you like that kind of show, and that might not be your cup of tea, or that might not be your thing. But in every episode, you can pretty much write it down. It's going to happen that there's going to be a point where they're going to traverse over a crevasse, or they're going to go over a mountain pass, or they're going to climb this steep and belay down, and they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to secure to each other, right? They're going to have to clip in and clip into the other as they go across this structure in order to do what? In order that one might fall, the other one's going to catch, right? And when you're belaying somebody... You're at the bottom secured in that they might not fall. You and I must understand that we have to connect and stay connected to God. And we have to help others living in Christian community in the church. We must be unified together because I believe and you understand that we are stronger together than we are by ourselves. How many of you have ever needed somebody and called on them in the church? And that's meant everything to you we need one another in the same spirit in the same thing and compassion that we might live according to this philippians 2 says this therefore if there's any encouragement in christ if there's any consolation of love if there's any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So if we are looking for others' interests, if we are loving others and holding their needs higher than our own, if we're loving others, then we're beginning to understand what it means to live for Christ. Because if I'm looking at others' needs before myself, if I'm loving them better than I love myself, if I'm doing those kind of things, then I'm living like Christ. And Christ is going to do something extraordinary. So we must understand that fruit-filled evidence becomes of one's work. So the outflow in our life will always be evident. How many of you know that? Like, you can tell when somebody's been with God and doing the things of God. Likewise, you can tell the very opposite, can't you? You can tell. And this isn't one of those make it to you 
fake it till you make it kind of things. This isn't one of those things you can actually get by with. If you haven't spent time with God, if you're not growing in Christ, if you're not telling the good news, if you're not living in that firm foundation that is fully evident to the world around us. And the only person we're fooling is you and me. But God sees the heart. So we know that we either live giving glory to God or what? Glory to ourselves. There's a difference, right? So for years now, many of you know that, uh, that I have been a runner. Many of you have dodged me on Craig. And uh, some of you have gotten a little too close, and I don't really appreciate that. But, but, um, but I don't know what that says about it. You say it's because you can't see me, and I say it's because I'm wearing a bright yellow shirt. Um, but I jump, in the, I jump in the ditch either way. But many of you said, you know, how did you begin that? How did you do all of that? How did you start that? Well, you know, with, within the, the, the walk and within a Christian's life, things get stressful sometimes. Within a pastor's life, it gets stressful sometimes. When you lead out, you, you deal with a lot of burdens and things of others that you can't physically, humanly do anything yourself other than to go to God and, and to pray. You know, so there's a lot of things I deal with, and running helps me spend time doing what's important. I talk to God. I learn from God. God teaches me, and we walk through a bunch of things while I'm running. But how do I practically begin that? And it began for me, and it may not be for everybody, it began for me by imagining a cross at the end of the road in front of me and running to it as if I was running to Jesus. Then I would always imagine that He was running with me on the long runs that I would take. As if the shadow next to me was actually Christ running with me. We must understand that we need Him every step of the way. We must understand that we need to give glory to God in all things. So this morning I'm going to ask you, will you run to Him today? I truly believe that all of us are like prodigals. And the Father is waiting and willing to forgive. So isn't it time for us to come home? See, I believe forgiveness and love is situated in His arms. And I believe that His arms are more than capable. Do you agree with that this morning? Will you come and lay down all that keeps you from keeping your temple clean and being an effective witness? And will you allow for the Holy Spirit to do His best in and through you? If you're looking for a church home, I find no other, no other greater place than this church home. If you're looking this morning. So whatever God has laid upon your heart and mind this morning, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. Please stand with me as we pray. Father God, we come this morning, God. God, we think about our life and the mess we've made it. But God, we think about the fact that a foundation in you is so worthwhile, not just for us, but for those who come after us, not just for us, but those that are surrounding us. Heavenly Father, you've called us not just to lay the foundation, but to understand that foundation affects everything that follows. So God, I pray that we never grow tired of pursuing after you, that we never grow tired of loving others and putting their needs before our own, that we never grow tired of reading scripture and, 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 and making it have application in our lives. 
God, that we never grow tired of telling others how they might know you as well and that salvation might be written on their hearts. Heavenly Father, so many are looking for hope these days, but our hope is found in you. So Heavenly Father, if we have someone this morning that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Heavenly Father, I pray that today is the day that they get that assurance that, Jesus, you are the only way that we will ever have salvation, the only means to being right with the God, and the only way that we'll have the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to transform us daily as we walk. Heavenly Father, maybe so many of us have taken this for granted. And we think about our temple, God, and how clean it is or how not clean it is. So, God, I pray this morning, if we have something to come to you, to your altar, to confess before you that you might do your greatest work in us, God, I pray that we do that this morning. God, however you're drawing us near to you, let us respond in this time. God, and we give you the utmost glory. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.